0: Harden not, harden not your hearts and listen to the voice of God. I think many of you know at this point that I was, I'm the youngest of 12 children, and often my parents got asked the question, well, which, which of your children did you love the most? And when I was around, when they'd asked that, I'd, <coughs> I'd stand up, <coughs> being the youngest, I'd was sure to expect my name would be answered, but what they would always answer, uh, my, my father would say, it. he said, um, whichever one needs it the most, and in there is really profound wisdom because I think any parent does that, I mean, they love all their children, but whoever needs it the most at that time is what they do and they give, but let me give an example of what that meant for my father and I. Um, When I was younger, uh, I had, uh, even now, but when I was younger, I had um, back problems. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but when I, around 15 or 16, I actually fractured my back. And I was, after I'd been at the hospital, they told me to go home and spend two weeks in bed and basically not move. Um, They didn't obviously know it was fractured either. Um, And my father, at the end of every day would come down to my, to my room and he would spend uh, an hour plus time with me. And, and what he did was important. He, he didn't come and tell me how silly I was to hurt myself playing rugby. He, he didn't uh, scold me about doing silly things, which I'm sure I did. Um, and he didn't uh, sort of uh, say, oh, it's all going to be all right. Just, just get up and walk. You'll be fine. He didn't. He... he um, he just sat with me, and he would tell stories when, when he was hurt, when he was a young boy. He talked about once when he had a, an accident on the tractor when he was younger, and I remember sharing it at, at his funeral, and my brothers, none of my brothers and sisters knew anything about those stories, because they didn't have that same time when I, when I had been sick. I remember it because he, he it was all about presence. He didn't take anything away. He didn't, uh, in a sense, he didn't, like my pain was still there. But I had somebody with me in my pain. Now, my mother did the same thing in a different way. But my point is, th- this is what we call empathy, right? And, and empathy can't be faked, right? It, it's not something that can be faked. It, it requires of the person giving it, uh, to be vulnerable, to stand with the other person and not make it about them. It's to stand with the other person and just be present to them. That's empathy and requires vulnerability. I, I'm sure you can think, and, and we, we can sense it. We, we know when somebody is with us with true vulnerability. Um. For, for example, uh, today, in, in our climate right now, uh, the frontline workers who are uh, tending to the COVID patients in, in hospitals throughout the country and around the world, uh, they, are, they are standing with them. They are making themselves vulnerable to serve those COVID patients. And, um, and even though they sometimes can't do anything about their suffering, they stand with them and are with them. That's empathy. Uh, today we're, we're beginning Catholic Schools Week. And I think Catholic school teachers and administrators ha- ha- have done a very similar thing. They have, they have stood on the side of, of children and their families and have, have shown up. They have come to the school and, and, and went to great extents to, to make things happen so that their school could be open when they were allowed to with the restrictions. And so the children have been able to continue to learn, uh, whether at home uh, and distance learning or whether uh, in person when they're allowed. It. And the difference it makes for those children is huge. But, but those teachers and ministers had to stand with them. They had to make themselves vulnerable to do that. It, it's that sense of empathy that is a cornerstone of Jesus' ministry and our discipleship that we're called to, um, to stand with those who are most in need. Um, today's gospel in, in, comes from Mark's gospel. It's the, it's the actual very beginning of Mark's gospel and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this is his fir- first miracle. And, and if you look at this, it's, uh, and it's extraordinary what he does. He goes into Capernaum, into the synagogue, which, of course, is the center of, of religious authority, and he, what does he do? He stands with the one who is most vulnerable. He stands with the one who is most in need. And they call this, like he was possessed by demons, like we might just call that he was sick, like we wouldn't necessarily use those terms, but it was a coverall to cover a multitude of sickness. And, and what Jesus does is uh, he calls out that demon. See, even the demon knew who Jesus was because it was so evident to those who wanted to know. And clearly the religious leaders did not want to know. They did not want to disturb the status quo. But Jesus comes, and, and this is consistent throughout the Gospels. Jesus always comes and stands with the, the wounded, the broken, the, those in need, those who are what we call sinners, right? The, the widows, the, the children, Uh, all those who are considered to be in need. Um, And that is a model for us as disciples, that we're called to stand with those who are most in need. Uh, Pope Francis has has said this over and over again, that that we need to be a church who stands uh, with those most in need. He calls it to go out to the existential peripheries where people are most in need. We're called to be a field hospital. That that we reach out to those who are wounded and hurt. Um, and that's what we're called to as disciples. Um, today uh, we celebrate uh, the annual Diocesan Pledge Sunday. I know that's a strange term to use, celebrate, but in fact we do celebrate. Because what we have been doing as a diocese, as a church, local church, is something to celebrate. Because what we've been doing uh, as a diocese, we've been doing this for 40 years, although uh, uh, we here at St. Simons have been doing it for 65 years as a, as a parish um, because we were with the archdiocese before that. But in, in doing so in this 40 years as diocese, what we have been doing is we've been journeying together to those who are most in need, whether they're inside our own community here at St. Simons or throughout the different other communities, the 54 communities of the diocese of San Jose, we have journeyed together, and that is something worth celebrating. Um, but what we do today is a community of Saint Simon's. We're asking, uh, throughout the whole diocese, but we're asking the people of Saint Simon's, is to make a pledge to stand with those who are most in need. Now, um, what that means for us is that. Uh, A pledge is a financial pledge, but it's more than just a financial pledge. I want you to to listen to their stories, eh? Uh, read the material that we sent to you, Um, go online and and watch the videos that tells the stories of who we are and why it is important to stand with those most in need. Um, The diocese, the chancery, the head head office, where I've worked at for the last uh, 12 years as well... um, it does the, the central offices work. It helps uh, all the parishes and schools to be who they are. Uh, and uh, we would have been lost without them if it wasn't for them during this pandemic because they did so much of the the interpretation of the many changing rules of the diocese and human resource rules that keep on changing. And that's what we journey together. Uh, when we make a pledge, we support the diocese, but we support all the other parishes, too, and the work that they do. Uh, and this year, in a special way, uh, one of our parishes has given a, a $50,000 matching gift. So, to everything over our goal, which is 213000 everything over that will be matched dollar for dollar up to $50,000. And it's to go to those who are most in need, uh, those who are in need of rental assistance. So we, we've chosen to partner with St. Mary's in Gilroy and uh, Christ the King in the east side. Uh, both those parishes uh, have, um, have had a devastating effect on, the, the pandemic has a devastating effect on them. Uh, they've lost some uh, of the, nearly 40% of their people have lost their jobs and they're in fear of losing their homes. So the idea is that we were trying to match this 50,000 to be able to give to those families $100,000 in rental assistance over this next year so they could stay in their home, uh, so they could stay where they're at and, and hopefully uh, return to employment when we get through this pandemic. But, but what we do today is we, we try to empathize. And to do so, we have to make ourselves vulnerable. It means that we have to listen to their stories and, and enter into their story. And, and then we, we, we're meant to open up our hearts and then, of course, we're asked to make a pledge, which, of course, means open up in our wallet, too. And we ask, if you're able to do that, to do that. But at the very least, at the very least, to open up your heart to the stories of those who have been, who've been devastated by this last year. Um, our discipleship is not just about coming to church. It's about being church. It's about being the family of God. And when we're family, we, we, we make decisions as family, and we stand with each other through, through thick and through thin. And so today I ask you to make that pledge uh, for the annual Diocesan Appeal and to help those who are most in need at this time. And that in all we do is to stand with those who are most in need, and we thank you for your gift.